Hey there, everyone. My name is Noah Trenton, and you're listening to the first ever podcast, Talking Sports with Trenton, and I'm your boy, Noah Trenton. And let me tell you a little bit about who I am and why this podcast is coming to you now. I've been a sports fan my whole life and wanted to create this podcast to get more on-air experience in the sports media world, as well as just create a community of sports fans just like myself to talk hot takes, interesting topics, whatever is going on in the world of sports I want to talk about. So let's get into it. A little bit about me. I am from Toronto, Canada, so I am from the north. If you are from the USA, uh, Canada is not freezing cold, just FYI. That is something that is very misconstrued, but it is nice. It doesn't miss weather at times, but it is freezing cold in the winter. So let's get that straight. What this podcast will be about is like blockbuster trades. It can go from blockbuster trades to the smallest thing in sports to a team rebranding and changing the uniform. So it'll be about everything and anything in sports. My goal is to create this community of sports fans just because, in my opinion, when I was growing up and still am today, at least in Canada, for example, there isn't a podcast like this that I'm trying to create where fans can... uh, check in, text me, do whatever they want and get their voices heard because I feel like a lot of podcasts, if it's a professional company that's creating this podcast or if it's just an individual like myself or a group of people, they aren't so fond of bringing the audience involved in the podcast and what I want to do in this podcast is do that exact thing and bringing your voices to this podcast. So I hope that I can do that. But in today's episode, I'm going to talk about all my NFL division winners, Super Bowl predictions, awards, everything. But before we get into that, there is big, there's some big news that is hitting boxing right now with October 29th, I want to get that correct, between Jake Paul and Anderson Silva, Mr. Spider from the UFC. Now he's almost 50, but I'm giving my prediction today. I'm giving my prediction when it comes close to that fight. Anderson Silva will knock Jake Paul out. I guarantee that. I am promising that. The legacy, I'll, I'll be real. I do not, I've never watched a Jake Paul fight. I've seen the highlights. Never watched a full Jake Paul fight. I've watched the highlights. I listen to the analysts. But to be honest, Anderson Silva was fighting a little earlier than I started watching UFC. So I know his legacy. I know what he's all about. I understand who he is and what he did for the sport. His streak of 19 straight uh, wins as a champion is still not touched. Usman just missed it. Shout out to my Birmingham boy. But I just think Silva has the ability, even almost hitting 50, he can still knock off Jake Paul. Because if you look at it, they say, oh, Jake Paul fought the, um, has fought UFC contenders. The but the people he has fought is Ben Ben Askren and Tyron Woodley. No one can, you can't compare those two to Anderson Silva, and I hope no one is, and I don't think anybody is from what I have read. So I think that that is a misconstrued. But to the normal fan that doesn't know a lot about martial arts and boxing, that could be something that Jake Paul has. But no, Anderson Silva, I don't care if he's hitting fifty, he will win that fight, knockout. Or decision, but I'm leaning more to the knockout side. Now to the NFL, before I hit the predictions, I like that I saw Zadarius Smith made a statement talking about how when he was in Green Bay and the reason why he left and went to Minnesota, 
because he felt that the I am paraphrasing here because he felt that the Green Bay Packers did not support him with his back injury this past season. That's why he wanted to go to Minnesota, play them two times a year for the next three years, I believe his contract is. I'll get that straight in a moment. But it reminds me a lot of watching A Football Life with Thurman, about Thurman Thomas, Thompson, my bad, I cannot pronounce the name, and how he went to, from the Buffalo Bills, if you don't know who Thurman Thomas is, he is a, he was a Buffalo Bill. He was when they were really good in the 90s when he went, when they went to back to back to back Super Bowls and lost all of them. And he was the heart of the Buffalo Bills offense as a running back behind Jim Kelly. But the way that Buffalo released him, they legit released him. They didn't even give him a call. I saw this in the football. They didn't even give him a call. They said to, they he found out on the news on it was a pop-up saying Thurman Thomas released by the Buffalo Bills not even a phone call so because of that he did say in his football life he went to the Miami Dolphins in division rivals to play them two times a year so I feel like that Darius story is really uh hit a little home with the football life that of Thurman Thomas but now let's get into the predictions I'm going to start off with division winners. I'm going to start off, I'm going to rank every single team from 4 to 1. And we will start off with the NFC North, as I talked about the Minnesota, sorry, the AFC North with the really great division, honestly. As much as Pittsburgh is a little struggling and Cleveland has so many things going wrong for them, especially with the off-the-field issues they have and all the controversy, but that's neither here nor there. Now let's start off with number 4. I am going with Pittsburgh. Actually, I take that back. I take that back. I take that back. I will be going with the Cleveland Browns. Now, as much, there's so much controversy, like I said, with Watson's suspension, even though it's settled, Kareem Hunt wanted to be traded. Now, that has cooled down a little lately, so that will, I believe he'll stay. I don't see him trading unless someone gets desperate and needs a running back for the playoffs. But I think he will be there for the long term, at least for the season. But in Jacoby Brissett for 10 games... I don't trust him. I looked at the I looked at the schedule for the Browns. I don't know if they could even they can, they can be substantially good. I do think so, but I don't think that for 10 games they can stay by 500 and I'll be real with you. They could be really bad. So, I think even with Deshaun coming back at week week 10, it won't make a difference. I think that they'll be too far gone and that AFC North is so loaded, so that's why I do have them at 4. Uh, the number three spot will be, I got that confused, the Steelers. Now, Mike Tomlin, never losing season in Pittsburgh, always over 500. I think, though, they could still be over 500, may not make the playoffs. I doubt they'll make the playoffs with it. Loaded AFC as a wild card. Uh-uh. Um, I think they will have Kenny Pickett play at some point in the season. A lot of people are saying he's Rookie of the Year. I don't see it just because of the fact that Pittsburgh, I don't, I really don't think Pittsburgh wants to go to Pickett straight away. I'd rather, I think they do want to let him sit behind Trubisky and learn as much as he can because you're throwing him in the deep end, you throw him against the AFC North because every team in that division has a good defense. So I really think that letting him see, let him watch is the best thing for him. And I do think that's what Tomlin wants. I don't, they didn't, in all the reports from preseason training camp, there, there was no, um, 
there was no really that no one said anything of who was going to start. But I don't think any the intention was to ever start uh, Pickett. Now, injury comes obviously he'll start. But I do think that it will be Pittsburgh will be interesting. Obviously, the defense will be the defense, the blue blood. But um, the offense is interesting. I think Najee will take another step forward, be a top five running back this year, and just set the league on fire. The receivers they just keep getting better. George Pickens out of Georgia. I love the draft. I love the pick. I know we fell because of the off the field and off the field issues, and it's a steal. Pittsburgh has been drafting run receivers really good for as long as I can remember. They did it with AB. They did it with Juju. They did it with Chase. They did it with Claypool. They did it with Washington. They now they did it with Pickens. It's just an influx of receivers at that position, and then there's these teams. Uh, in the NFL, they just can't drive, draft a receiver for their life. And that's why they uh, go after A.J. Brown for so much money. But that's a little later in the show when I talk about um, the NFC side of things. So the Steelers at three. Number two will be the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar is back. He wants a contract. And I think he'll get his contract if everything goes well. Even if they don't make the playoffs, I still think they'll have a great season. If they don't make honestly, if they don't make the, if they don't win the division, they're not making the playoffs. Just because I think the AFC AFC is so loaded, like I said earlier, with the wild card being so hard to get. But uh, the question um, is, does he get it during the season or get after? He, from what he said, I don't really understand Lamar because he said that he wanted to wait, but then wanted to wait to win a Super Bowl. But then, as Marquise Brown got traded to Arizona. He's like, I got no receiver or something along those lines. Like, I don't see getting paid. I don't really get that. That was a little wishy-washy. But like, quarterbacks are quarterbacks, and it's almost like a a way of getting more money and getting more attention directed at the issue. So I think that we'll see what happens. But I think he'll have a great season. Come back, be stronger. Bateman's going into his second year. J.K. Dobbins is coming back from the ACL. If it's not week one, it's going to be week two. So I think the team. Uh, the center, they drafted a great kid, Linderbaum, and Kyle Hamilton. I think if if rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year could go to a secondary position player, I think it would go to Kyle Hamilton. But, you know, it's either a linebacker or a defensive end. It's someone in the front seven that will get it. It always happens. I don't know the last time a rookie of the year on the defense side of the ball won as a secondary position. But that's another thing other than that. So the Ravens at two, Cincinnati at one they're gonna win the division again just because of the fact that they added to the positions where they're needing now the, everybody says the concern was the super bowl and this year going into it is their secondary look all the teams have one weakness in the position in this in the team and it is their secondary they're decent they have a good safety in um oh my god i'm blanking on his name can i come up with his name well, they drafted the kid out of Michigan in um, Hall. I cannot, oh my God, I am blanking. And I love the guy too. I am just blanking on his name. I am blanking on his name. I do apologize to all of you guys listening and watching out there. Uh, but I just think they added the positions where they need to do. The offensive line was in desperate need, especially interior-wise. So they added it. They got some great guards. And they got a right tackle in Landon Collins, who was great in Dallas and just... They didn't want to pick him up, so like they add, they rebuilt that offensive line really fast, and we just hope they can go and be great. But I just think uh, Joey B can make magic happen, and if Baltimore has a chance, I I'm not saying no to Baltimore being one, but I just think it's Cincinnati's team, Cincinnati's division.
once again. The NFC North, I'm going from 4-1, to one and I'm taking the Chicago Bears. This is just... The Bears are just a franchise I just don't understand. They're so old school. They care so much about defense. But yet you drafted a rookie in Justin Fields a year before, a year ago. And I would have thought that if you're going to get rid of Nagy and bring someone that fits more Justin Fields' scheme at Ohio State and what works best for him, you would bring an offensive head coach. No, you go defense. No offense to Matty Fufus. I like the guy. I think he did great in Indianapolis. That defense is sick. The defense is still sick in Indianapolis. But I just don't think it was the right move for what they need. And they've been needing offense ever since Trubisky and um, that season where Clean Mack came in. I can't remember the year exactly right now, but I'm just blanking. But I think that they have some young options on offensive on the offensive weapons in Komet and uh, Darnell Mooney and Montgomery. I just think that not having an offensive um, head coach really hurts them. I don't really understand why. But that's Chicago for you. They're going to be old school. They're not going to really change. And I really do think that's going to hurt them. And they'll be back at number. They'll be back in the top five position to pick. I think I really do. Uh, number three will be the Detroit Lions. As much as the hype it with hard knocks and all that kind of stuff, I just don't see it being true because of the fact that you got Minnesota and Green Bay, both really good, really strong, added more, added stronger positions. Um, will they be a number two pick again? No, I don't think so. I do think they could be. A good team, I could see them going 8-9, but I could also see them being really not great. But I just think they got so much hype with their draft, with what ha with, with hard knocks and everything, so I just think that there's a lot of hype, and I don't think it will work. I just don't think it will. But it, but the, the chemistry, hard knocks showed me so much, and I believe in Dan Campbell. And if they do only win, let's say, four games, I don't want Dan Campbell to go, and I think Detroit will be patient. So even if you're 8-9, you win four games, Dan Campbell will still be here for another year. So Detroit fans, don't worry about that. Uh, number two, it will be the Minnesota Vikings. I really like the Minnesota Vikings. They get Kevin O'Connell. They get Kirk Cousins, an actual offensive-minded head coach. Mike Zimmer and him just did not see eye to eye. I think we could all see that. We can all hear that from all the reports. Just looking on the field, it, it didn't work. So I think having Kevin O'Connell, Justin Jefferson going into a contract year, not really a contract year, just an extension year. I think he wants it. So you could look to see him have another great season. Adam Thielen's there. You got um, Herb Smith from Alabama, the tight end. They have so much offensive talent. And with Zedarius Smith and with the ads on defense they made, they drafted really well. Uh, I think that it was a great draft. I think it was a great offseason for Minnesota. Picks, uh, coaching, everything works well. Honestly, they are a sleeper team of mine. I will go into my sleeper teams later on in the thing. I just thought I would say that a little earlier. But my number one will be the Green Bay Packers. As much as there has been a lot of talk with Aaron Rodgers and will he stay, will he even play? Like, they signed him to an extension. Will he even continue that? It's one season. They, you could tell with them not investing a lot in the receiver on the free agent side of things that... I believe that it could be a lot of run-first offense. So you could see A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones be a very big part, but also have Aaron Rodgers do his thing. But I just think that the question was, 
go get Aaron Rodgers, a receiver, in the first round. That's great to go get him a receiver in the first round, even if it was Chris Olave or whoever you want to go with, Drake London. But Aaron Rodgers doesn't do good with first-time receivers, even if you are experienced vet. So you need to be in his system for the long term, and nobody's really done that. The, I think the one receiver that I could see taking a step forward, beside their, um, besides Watson, is Amari, uh, Amari Jones, the kid out of Clemson. I can't blame. I'm Amari's just finished. I cannot name his second name, but that kid could be the next one. But will he have Devontae Adams production? Obviously not. So receiving wise, it's just going to be a mix of mix of a lot of receivers so you might see Aaron have a lower yardage season I believe like he won't be MVP obviously so that's one thing to be aware of Green Bay do not worry but you'll still be a, a division winner when we hit to the AFC East I'm just gonna actually start from the top because I feel like this is a no doubter and it's the Buffalo Bills just because of the fact that it's nowhere really is a deficiency at a position you can make an argument that the offensive line is not as good as it is before. But with Josh Allen and being how athletic and how built he is, he can escape and he can run and actually hit linebackers, run over them. So I think that is so um, evident that the Bills will win the division. Barring any major injuries, I think it's a no-doubter, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Uh, that was one. Number two will be Miami Dolphins. A lot of questions with Tua. Um... Deshaun was linked to them prior when Brian Flores was there, but look, they have great defense from prior from this pre from last season. You add Tyree Kill, you add Jalen Waddle, you add Raheem Mostert, you add all these great running backs and offensive weapons. Gasecki's back. If Tua doesn't work, we'll know by Thanksgiving. They're gonna let him play. If Tua is not the answer, Teddy Bridgewater's there. Teddy Bridgewater is there, and he can. We can see. We have seen he has been great at times. So, Teddy Bridgewater is your answer. Will Will you be great? Probably not if Teddy Bridgewater is playing. But if Tua can take the steps necessary in achieving, what's holding him back? Speed, running game, defense. The position. The team is perfectly set up to go to a playoff game. Now that's later because they are a two seed, but. It's it's all there. If Tua can make the proper acclimations, it's set for him. They'll be Tua will have a job going into next season. So I I think that Miami will be a two seed. My number three are the Patriots. Like the amount of amount of news coming out of New England is almost astonishing because in twenty years with Brady and Belichick, I don't think we've had this much um, content based off content and news. Um, made up of reporters so it's crazy the defense will be the defense they'll still be average if above average but the offense is such a question Mac Jones is leg legit took a he was looking not as good and it was like what's the question the question is you have a defensive head a defensive coach and a special teams coach coaching offense Mac Jones is running is basically run the offense and make his own plays at this point because I don't trust that. I just don't. I don't know why you would do that. But Patriots are Patriots and they'll probably be three. Yeah, they could be finishing four. I'm not taking that away from them. But my four at this time is the New New York Jets. New Jersey Jets, whatever you're saying. I think the hype of the draft, of New York media, of everything was way too much. Zach Wilson was almost an MVP candidate. 
I just think it was way too much, way too quick. And we need to see one more season of Zach Wilson to make an accurate pred prediction of who he is. Uh, he has weapons. He has Garrett Wilson. He's another year in uh, Lafleur system. So we'll see what happens. I think that it could be could go really well. It could also burn down. So could I see Robert Sala being fired by the end of the season? Knowing New York media, knowing the way New York is running their stuff, I would not put it past them. I'm not going to put money on it, but I wouldn't say I wouldn't put it past the New York media and the owners to do that because everything in New York is fast, fast, fast. But I think that it's it's possible. I think it's possible to be a good team, but it's just not the season for the hype. You're one if you want to if they do well, you're one season away from actual uh, contention in the real world. Uh, the NFC East, though, we're gonna go back down to starting at four. The Commanders, Carson has one last shot. It's real. He has one last shot. He went to Philly, one had an MVP season, got injured, didn't get the MVP, uh, and then he went to the Colts. Didn't work out. A lot of things fell apart at the end. He's getting a lot of heat. I think he took the majority of the heat at the end of the season, especially with that game against Jacksonville. But it was an all-around bad performance. Um, but I just think that it's it's his last shot. He doesn't have to go to a Super Bowl, but he does have to be above average to be good. He has good weapons. He has Scary Terry on a new deal. He has, honestly, you can make the argument, the defense with Chase Young coming back after week four with the Pup List is good. It's, it's really good. So I think that Washington needs to take a step back up. I know they took the injuries, and that was why they took a fall, especially with Fitzmagic and all that kind of stuff. So they were down this year. They got to go back up, not to the playoff standard that they were two years ago, but to that mediocre, above-average team. Number three is the Giants. I think if we watched Josh Allen come from Wyoming and look what he's turned into with Ryan Dayball, I'm not saying that's going to happen for Daniel Jones. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to bring this podcast and make all these hot takes. I'm not. I hope that what I've said so far is pretty accurate and pretty believable. But if Dayball can make Daniel Jones even a little bit better, take the turnovers away, take the fumbles away, even a little bit, it doesn't have to be zero, it will show that Dayball is the right man for the job. Will Daniel Jones be here after this season? I doubt it. If he is, he's not going to be the starter. I do think they're going to go after a quarterback in either free agency or the draft. Now, if Daniel Jones does great, that that can be um, his guy. But this is not Dable's guy. It's just, it's a one-year layover, and it's we'll see how it goes. But I, I, I honestly like the Giants. I thought the Giants were going to be good last season, but it just didn't work out. I, I, don't, I just think it was Jason Garrett and Joe Judge, and it was just a bad idea in the last season, for last season for the Giants. Now for the number two, it will be the Dallas Cowboys. Look, the injuries are already piling up. The talk of all this stuff that Jerry creates and con Jerry should also honestly be an influence at this point. With the amount of content he creates for the media organizations all over the US, all over North America, and anybody that covers NFL and Dallas Cowboys. It's just not, I don't like it. And I think that it's all relying on Dak. If they're going to make Zeke the RB1, they're setting themselves up for failure. I think if you're Dallas Cowboys, you give Zeke 15 carries, you let Pollard carry the road, you carry the load, and then if you get to the point where it's mid-season, later season, 
and Dallas is in contention, you run Zeke into the playoffs, and that's exactly what Dallas wants, a story to go into the playoffs, and you have Zeke running you into the playoffs. But Dak does not work well with no Tyron Smith. His QBR does deplete considerably. I'm not going to be, I will be honest, I'm not going to be a stats show. I will give stats when needed, but Dak is not good without Tyron Smith and a good O-line. Zach came into the league with a great O-line. He's gone from a great O-line to an okay O-line to today, which is not a line that you want to have, honestly. Because you have a rookie left tackle that had the most, um, most penalties in college. And now you're going to the NFL where you have Grown men that are doing this for their careers and livelihood. So, I think Dallas will be two. But, you know, Dallas is Dallas. And you never know at this point, honestly. But I do have my two. Number one is the Philadelphia Eagles. This is the one team that I will believe in the hype. Because Jalen Hurts drives that team. He is the ultimate. I'll throw you on my back and we'll go into any stadium and win that game. I will. I. I never played football a day in my life. I will put on pads. I will put on a helmet and run in for Jalen Hurts. That's how much he motivates me as a as a journalist, student, as a fan of the game. I think that they added key web key positions. I think AJ Brown is a great person to have, not even for just Jalen Hurts being a friend and all that, but it's your perfect idea of who Jalen Hurts is. If you can get it to AJ Brown consistently, AJ Brown's a big target. He's really good. And you can get it to him. We know who you are. If you can't get it to him, Jalen Hurts is not the option. That's fair. That's okay. I think that it's a make or break it year for, for Jalen Hurts. If he does great, if he gets them to a playoff game, if he wins a playoff game, he'll be there for the long term. I think that it will happen. I think that they are a good team. And I think they will go far in whatever happens. Um... I just think they made the position. I made the, they made the additions where it was needed, and I think they're ready to go. So that's the NFC East. Now let's go to the hardest division in sports in the NFL to predict, and that is the AFC West. Okay, let me get a drink of water before I start this. So let me just take a minute for you, everybody that's listening audioly. Okay. So, I need to clear my throat because this is more of a tangent than what I would normally talk about with the other ones that I have predicted so far. So, at number four, I'm going with the Las Vegas Raiders. Why am I going with the Raiders? The Raiders have the... I could make the you could make the argument they have a top five offense. You could make an argument that they'll have top five offense in yards, all that kind of stuff. But they don't have a defense. Everybody is so hell-bent on Chandler... And Max Crosby, look, Max Crosby's unbelievable. The money he got was great. Chandler Jones got some money too. But Chandler Jones is not New England Chandler Jones. And he's not Arizona Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones can do it on, not a weekly basis, on a one every so often basis game day. Now that's got to be the truth. Come on, you guys. I don't know. If you want to fight that, you can fight that. But I just don't see Chandler Jones putting up constant pressure every game. The, the sacks consistently. I just don't. He is sometimes there, sometimes not. Max Crosby on the other hand, great. So somebody will eat every game, but it's just an inconsistent thing for me on the Raiders side. The defense is just not there for me, and I think that that will be the downfall. So if you're going to be the Raiders and you want to win the division or you want to make a wild card, it's going to have to be 
the fact that you're going to be scoring your you're scoring the opponents out by like 31 points every game. You can't have no single like some average game. You have to have a great offensive performance. And that can always happen for offenses. We all know that. There's always that time where it just doesn't work. Number 3, it will be the Denver Broncos. Okay. I am a Seattle Seahawks fan. You see Russell Wilson's jersey right over there. I love him. I still love him. Denver is his home now. I will support him. Um, but I, I first time seasons when it comes to quarterbacks and coaches don't always work out. Now, am I saying Denver will not be great? No, no. I think Russ is great. I know Russ is great. I don't know about Hackett. I don't know how he'll um, adapt to the NFL in the sense of the head coach position. So we'll see on that. The defense is already great. They added positions to an already great defense. You add Gregory and you add another person. I cannot remember her name. But you have Bradley Chubb. That defense is already great. That The question isn't the defense. The question is how great can the offense actually be? And can Russ have an MVP role at some point this season? He might. But I just don't think it will work out. I think it's one season away. So we'll see what happens with that. But that's my number three. But I wish all the best to Denver. I will be cheering for Denver just because of Russell Wilson. Because I do want him to succeed. And I know that it just sucked in the end of Seattle. Uh, for the Chargers are my number two pick. Justin Herbert is going to take that step forward. He said in an interview that you could watch out for Asante... Sorry. Uh, Palmer the receiver out of Tennessee last season, he could be someone to watch out for. The fact that the defense have got better in getting uh, J.C. Jackson and Cleo Mack, it, it, the defense was good. Now having Bosa in his prime, Cleo Mack, if he can rebound from the past season, it will be great. I honestly think the Chargers can go far. I think they can make some noise in the division in they can challenge the chiefs and that's who my number one pick is to win this division things aren't going to change as much as tyreek hill is gone and that will make a difference in the way the chiefs run their offense i think the fact is the anybody watched the movie moneyball moneyball was a fact that they had to replace in the synopsis could be they trying to replace three players and instead of buying one player, they've got a bunch of different, a bunch of players to replace one player in the sense of stats. Now, for me, Tyreek Hill goes to Miami. This is how I see it. You got Juju, you got Hardman, you have uh, Ronald Jones. You have all these other players that came in to replace Tyreek Hill. You're not going to replace him in the sense of his talent. That won't happen. But the sense of production, it's there to be open and anybody can take it. So I think that's what the Chiefs are going to be doing. Now, they do need to, and they have been struggling with this for the past two seasons, be more patient. They have not been patient, and the fact is people are going to even put more pressure on the receivers because no Tyreek Hill, and they can now play man-to-man -man and just double up, Tyre and double up Travis Kelsey. So we'll see what happens with that. I just think if they can be more patient, be more meticulous, like, 12 play drives, I think they'll be better successful rather than just um, down the field, five plays, touchdown. Now, I don't see that happening just because no Tyreek, excuse me, no Tyreek kills. So, we are going to move on. My Chiefs 
my, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Raiders. But honestly, this division could be flipped upside down. You could see the Chiefs at the bottom of the division. It, it's an anything game. Could all three teams make a wild card? I am not putting that past anybody. I am not saying that. Now for my division, my NFC West division, which has my favorite team in it, my Seattle Seahawks. I am putting my Seattle Seahawks at number four. It's funny because last season I predicted that they would go to the Super Bowl. And now I have them all the way down at the four. I am so excited to watch Seattle football. I don't know if you can notice it, but I am because of the fact that they have no expectations. It's a year that if they win 10 games, the shock will happen. Now, is 10 games even achievable? Probably not. Is six? Maybe. Could they win zero? I doubt it just because of Pete Carroll and he never... I don't really see the Seahawks going as a one pick. I just don't see it. So I think they'll be somewhat fun to watch. And I think that having two tackles rookies is great nobody's watching them so it's almost like you can give up so many sacks and no one cares so i'm so excited to watch seattle football because there's no expectations number three arizona cardinals the truth is kyler murray does so well in the beginning of the seasons but towards the end of the season he struggles and do i see that happening again yeah i, I do i think they'll really score a lot of points but the defense is not to the point of if you look in that division with the 49ers and the Rams, it's not there. So I think that Arizona will struggle when it comes to holding up against those two teams. And that's why I do have them at three. So I think also the fact that they don't have DeAndre Hopkins for eight games, it really affects Kyler because you lot, you have Marquise, but Marquise is not... Maybe it's different. Maybe Kyler and him with Oklahoma roots, they'll be different. I don't see them being so great on offense like they were blowing up the league last season for eight games in the beginning of the season. I, I, I think it was a fluke game. We, you saw Arizona. They fall apart at the end every time. Kyler either gets injured or he just falls apart in the sense of talent-wise and the thing. So <laughs> the way I see Kyler and the Cardinals is me as a student, I always start off really strong, put all the effort in early, and then by the end of like, mid-semester, mid-season, I'm like, can I just get over with the semester? I'm already on break time when it's either summer or winter break. I'm just like, can I finish this? Can I finish? And I'm just lagging along. Um, but I think that's what the Cardinals are. I really do. My number two team is the San Francisco 49ers. I think, look, if Trey Lance doesn't work, and I think that Kyle Shannon is, is really unsure and I really don't think that if he was really confident Jimmy G would have been there even in this one year deal and they restructured and whatever I don't think Jimmy G would have been there they would have found someone to go they would have found a trade option or they would have just released him they would have cut ties I really think that now if Trey is not the guy that's fine the team is the team the team is the same team pretty much as before with a couple additions in running back and and offensive line but Trey Lance goes down or whatever you want to say whatever happens Jimmy Garoppolo is there we know what Jimmy Garoppolo is he can bring that team to a Super Bowl he can take over so it's a no worry situation for San Francisco if Trey Lance doesn't work the only concern is we wasted three first round picks on Trey Lance and now what now where do we go from here because Jimmy G is going to walk that, that's the biggest concern for San Francisco not the sense of 
who's going to play quarterback. It's almost who's going to play quarterback for us next season if Trey doesn't work. But do I think Trey can work? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't watch preseason football as much as I should be just because I don't feel that the talent they're going up against is the same. They're not playing as hard from what I've read and what I've heard. So I don't get an accurate idea of what you're playing. 12 snaps is great. You can light up the scoreboard. You can score three touchdowns in 12 snaps. So I don't... And playing in the regular season, preseason is totally different. And that's the belief I have and the belief that I've been told and by everybody that I know when it comes to preseason football. Now for the number one team, the San Francisco... San Francisco? I am flagging on this, people. The Los Angeles Rams. There's going to be no hangover. The Super Bowl champions will be great. They added a bunch of positions. They added Bobby Wagner, another Seahawk fan, another Seahawk of mine. I wish him all the best. I hope he does well. I honestly hope he sacks Gino, whoever's going to play him in Seattle because I want him to do so good. But Allen Robinson, it, it's almost that it's so set up for another trip to the Super Bowl just because of the fact that they are bringing much of everything back. The only thing that they're really missing is left tackle Andrew Whitworth. But the person that the left tackle that is taking over is not a rookie. He's been in the he's been in the league for three years with the Rams, so he has that tutelage under Wentworth. So he's set to go. Obviously, I'm not gonna say he's Wentworth. So there is that gonna be that one thing. But worst case, you had an extra blocker, that kind of thing, you know. So the elbow for Matthew Stafford is not something I'm concerned about. I think that. He is getting over it from the reports, and he will be set to go. It, it's almost set up for it, for the Rams to go back. And the difference between, you want to say that the Rams are bringing everybody back just like the Bucks brought everybody back. The difference is, the Bucks brought back all 22, but the Rams are bringing back most of the, most of the team with key, key additions in, like, like I said, Bobby Wagner, Allen Robinson. Maybe it'll be Jason to come back healthy. So I think that that's the one thing differentiating the two between the Rams and the Bucks in the way of repeating a Super Bowl champs. Because the argument is you're bringing everybody back. So you're really living off last season. You're not, you're not getting any better. You're just staying status quo or staying borderline whatever it was last season. And things change. People, teams get better to beat you. Like that's what happened to the Bucks, And the Rams did that to them in the playoffs. And in the regular season, actually. To my AFC South teams. This is a fun this is a fun division just because I think that aside from the Texans, it's it's a lot of question marks. Now the Texans you know, they're not gonna be great. It's sad because three seasons ago they were almost twenty one points ahead of the Kansas City Chiefs to win a Super Bowl. To win, to make it to uh AFC championship game and then fell apart. So, we'll see what happens with Davis Mills. I think they want to roll with him. So, the interesting thing is, if he can be very good to above average, the question is, what happens to the draft? Because the argument was that C.J. Stroud or um, Alabama's uh, quarterback, Bryce Young, is going to go there. So, if he doesn't, it's going to be opening up a lot of things. I think that Davis Mills is very good. I think that if he came out of this year's pa this past draft, he would have been the number one draft pick. But just because we had Mac Jones and Justin Fields and all these guys, that's why he fell further down um, in the drafts. But my number three team, this may shock a lot of people, it is the Tennessee Titans. 
you lose AJ Brown, I don't know how you get better. I watch the draft. I um, I read reaction videos to each draft in the first round, each draft pick. And the, when the Eagles traded for AJ Brown, they traded their pick too. The Titans drafted um, the kid out of Arkansas. I cannot remember his name right now. I am blanking. Oh my God. I cannot remember his name. He is not going to be AJ Brown straight out of the gate. He is not. I, I'm telling you now. You cannot You cannot bring AJ Brown. You cannot compare to AJ Brown, who has been in the league for these for those many years and then just bring a rookie in. It's not going to work. Tannehill is not that talented to make receivers that much better. And I just think that King Henry coming off injury, could he make a thou could he be a 2000 yard running back again? Sure. Could he go down again? Yes. So the fact is the Titans will they run with Malik Willis? No. I doubt it. Maybe if things are really bad in Tennessee, yes. But I think that they don't want to just because Tannehill such a cap hit and honestly I feel that if they if they had the option they would have released him but they was just such a cap hit this season that they can but if I was Tennessee honestly if Tannehill's not doing well throw Malik Willis in I don't think this is the season for you I think you might as well rebuild like see what happens with Henry but it's 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 an option for the Titans to move on Henry so in the next season so we'll see what happens uh, but my number two pick is the young Jacksonville Jaguars in Trevor Lawrence and WP. Look, anything better, anything's better than Urban Meyer. I think we can all agree on that. So the fact that he has a quarterback coach, like an offensive coach that will listen to him, and all the reports are that he's great with Trevor Lawrence, What it's only up from here for Trevor Lawrence. And the... Um, Travis Etienne, running back from Clemson, just with Trevor Lawrence, same draft class, same everything, is coming to coming back. I don't, I don't know where you could go wrong with this team. It's young. Could I be wrong? Could they not be a two? Yeah, I could be wrong. They could not be great, but I think they made it some great ads on defense. I think Georgia's uh, Walker. I think he's. A gamble. I think all Georgia people are gambles just because of how talented the teams are on defense. And I think that the fact that they could, you they could he could bust or he could be a star. And I, it's it's an honest thing. I think um, Lloyd out of Utah, he's gonna be a stud. I think he's more proven than the kid out of Georgia. But I think that Jacksonville is very good. I think they're very good. I think that if Trevor Lawrence has time, I think that he could do very good things. So that leads me to my number one, my Indianapolis Colts. I think the talent on defense is there. You bring in MVP. Uh, uh, like, he's just, Matt Ryan is so special. He, he just, he makes you better. And I think that this is a well-rounded team. I think Frank Wright is coaching for his job in a sense. So if they don't make the playoffs, if they don't win the division, I think he will be gone just because of how much talent he's had around him. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to have another great season barring any injury, hopefully, knock on wood. Uh, I just think that Indianapolis is set. I think it's a very winnable division. Like I said, Titans might be taking a downfall. Texans are Texans and Jacksonville could be great or they could be a miss. It's, it's, really, it's a really question mark division and I think that that's why I think the Colts can really run roughshod on the vision. My NFC South, though. 
Let's start off the bottom because I think that it's more intriguing to see who I have at one. The number four team is the Atlanta Falcons. Honestly, I like Mariota. I like them coming out of Oregon. But I love Desmond Ritter. I love them at Cincinnati. Cincinnati, four-year starter. He's the ultimate. Like You know what you have, and he can only get better from here. He's not, a pr he's not finished growing. He's still maturing as a quarterback. I think that Mariota will go down some point in the season, and I think that Ritter will have the chance, and I hope he does well. Because if Mariota doesn't do well, They'll still put Ritter in, but it just won't be, and they'll draft a rookie receiver. I do think that. I hope not. I hope they go stop up something else. But I hope I hope Ritter is the quarterback for the future for Atlanta Falcons. I just think it's a great spot for him. Atlanta does not get as much coverage when it comes to uh, media, so I think Ritter is in a perfect situation. Like you'd never heard one thing about Matt Ryan in Atlanta, and I think Desmond Ritter has some of that calmer, low key vibe as a quarterback towards the media and like not outspoken and I think that is great to have I think that Matt Ryan great way to keep going with that uh, my number three Carolina Panthers Baker Mayfield will win the first game of his career in Carolina against the Browns I'm putting that there I will also put my predictions for every game this season on Instagram so go go check that out later on uh, but Baker is a great story underdog coming into college he walked on everywhere. He went A&M, Oklahoma. But then he went first overall. And then he couldn't use that underdog story anymore. He was the guy in Cleveland. He went through so many changes. And that is truth. But I just think that the defense is good. If CMC can stay healthy. Now that's a if. They can be very interesting. But I just don't think they can, they can hit the top two of that division. Look. Honestly, in the NFC, anybody can make the wild card. Am I saying the Panthers can make the, play the playoffs? No. But am I? Would it happen? Would it be? If it's Baker's underdog thing, like I said, anything's possible. Anything's possible. My number two thing, I wanted them to be one. I really did. I really did want to put them at one, but I couldn't. It is the New Orleans Saints. Jameis, if he can keep it under control, he had. This is his second year, in the gym, in the actually third year, if you want to say in the Sean Payton original offense, but I don't see them changing much. Obviously, they won't have the same play calling and that kind of thing. But I think if Jameis keeps it under control, doesn't go crazy, uses Kamara, uses Olave, throws Olave sometimes, not all the time. Don't, don't go deep. You got Michael Thomas coming back. They can do so many good things. The defense is win-now mode, especially with them getting a little bit older on the defensive line. And... The fact that that team is so set. And the fact is, they have not lost to, Tam to Tam Tom Brady since he's been at the Bucks. So what is holding them back from winning the division, honestly? But I am keeping the Bucks at one. You go with what you know in Brady. And I don't think even with the injuries on the interior offensive line, it's going to affect Brady. He gets the ball out so quick. And... The ads of Julio Jones and the just Brady makes everybody better. Even if you're nobody in the NFL, he makes you better. So I think that Godwin coming back, Evans being there, Cameron Bates still there. Actually, I lied to you. I do not know who their tight end is at the very moment. I cannot remember. But I just think that the Bucks are there. The Achilles heel is if something happens injury-wise 
I don't think they can take another hit. I don't. I really don't. If it's a defensive player, if it's an offensive line position, I think that's it. I think I don't see them. If there's a major injury, I don't see it happening. But that's all my division predictions. My wild card teams, although we will talk about them in a moment. But I want to, you know what? This is the first episode. We're still getting through some things. But you know what? Let's do wild card quickly. Okay? I am taking my AFC. We'll go over AFC first. My AFC prediction is that the Baltimore Ravens. This is no particular order. This is three teams. This is just three teams. I'm not putting them in order. I'm not, I'm not putting the division winners in order either. I will not do that. I will just say who's winning the division and who's making the wild card. My division win. My wild card winner for the AFC is one of them is going to be the Baltimore Ravens. I like I said, Lamar wants his money. The team is bet. The team is ready to go offensively. Defensively, the same. They're always getting better. They're always a defensive run team. So Baltimore, the Chargers will be there. I guarantee it. Justin Herbert will take that the step that is needed to be in the real talks of MVP. I think the defense is there. Brandon Staley. He said he's going to be more less analytical but still have it in his back pocket. So I just think that the Chargers are ready to go. They have that year of like, we missed it. We screwed ourselves over. And they're not going to let that happen again. My last team, I have the Buck. Sorry, I have the the Ravens, the Chargers. And my last team is going to be... I don't know. I don't, like It's almost like I want to say it, but I don't want to say it. It's going to be... The Denver Broncos. They'll make the playoffs. I really do think they'll make the playoffs. As much as I have a lot of skepticism with Nathaniel Hackett, I think they'll make the playoffs. Could they be a one-and-done? Sure. But I think Russell Wilson will just carry the team. He has the weapon. He has the team that he had when they were good in Seattle, when they were in one of the Super Bowls. He has a running game in Javante Williams. He has the defense that is good on all fronts. He has receivers. He has everything. It's just if Hackett can coach, they're great. I really do think that. So those are my three division winners. Sorry, my three wildcard teams. The Broncos, the Ravens, and the Chargers. Two AFC West and one North. I wanted to say the Raiders, but I just don't think the defense can hold up. I just don't. But my NFC teams, this is a little hectic. But I'm going to say the Minnesota Vikings. I like the offense. I love the defense. I think they're just set. Oh, Kevin O'Connell, like I said, another... First year coach. I am skeptical if they can win a game in the playoffs, but I do think they're going to go to the playoffs. The NFC is so weak. Honestly, anybody could make it. Like I said, Carolina could have a chance. So I think the strongest team coming out of a wild card position will be the Minnesota Vikings. I think that if the Vikings could do, if the, out of all my wild card predictions, I think the Vikings could go the farthest. Honestly, I think my my second wild card team is going to be the fact that they have like I said two quarterbacks if one if the one that they want to work with in the 49ers and Trey Lance if he's good they don't worry but I think the 49ers are just the way everybody's zigging and Kyle Shannon zagging zigging is everybody playing like 50 points and then there's Kyle Shannon running the ball 40 times and I just think that's gonna that's what's gonna win in the end so I have the 49ers if it's Jimmy G if it's Trey Lance no matter who it is 
barring injury on either one of them, they'll be set. That's my second playoff team. My third playoff team is my hype team, the New Orleans Saints. I think that Jameis will be great. I think he could win comeback player of the year just because of his injury. I think even though he doesn't have Sean Payton, the defense will be so good that it will mask his injuries. If you look at the Tampa Bay team that he was on the last season, that was a playoff team if they didn't throw so many picks. That could be a wild card team. That's the truth. That's the honest to God truth. That's what I think is going to happen to the Saints. I don't think he's going to have 30 picks, obviously. I think he's going to be better than that. But I honestly think that the Saints are a playoff team. So that's the Saints, the 49ers, and the Vikings. Three teams, no Cowboys. Shh, I am not a Cowboys supporter. That's, that's the truth. Now, before I get into my award winner, let me take another sip of water because I am a little... I'm starting off a little dry. I got to start getting my voice ready for these podcasts, these hour podcasts. <coughs> Excuse me. My MVP, he, wor he works not far from where I live. I live in, I live in, I don't live far from Buffalo. My MVP is Josh Allen. The story, the MVP is based off a story, okay? I think we all can agree on that. It's not always, because if it was based off stats, I think Jonathan Taylor would have won. Actually, that's not true. That is, actually, no, I would have lied. Cooper Cup or Jonathan Taylor would have won. But Aaron Rodgers is just Aaron Rodgers, and the storyline is there. So I think that Josh Allen has a storyline. He can be the get a bye. He'll be the first seed in the first seed in the AFC. I really do think that. That's my one prediction of what the what the division winners are. The but the Bills will be the number one seed. So I think Josh Allen has it all set up for him. Like seriously, barring injury or buying him playing terribly for a significant portion of a season, the season, I don't see how he cannot be MVP. Unless unless Brady does something crazy or somebody else, like another quarterback, has another unbelievable season. I think Josh Allen just has it so set up for him. And I know a lot of other people are taking Josh Allen to win MVP and it's almost like you don't want to fall into the train of hype because it's like too much hype might not work, like thing. I just I don't see. I think that it's gonna be Josh Allen. My offensive player of the year, though, is also staying in the AFC. He's gonna be a quarterback. He lives in a place that's really far away from me. It is Justin Herbert in the Chargers, quarterback, taking a step forward. Has a better team. The he doesn't have to be the offense, but he still will be a major contributor in the fact that they will win a bunch of games, especially in shootouts. Look at the division. Every he has six games. Every game could be a shootout. You can make the argument for that. He will have the prime ten games. He will be great. You can make the argument that he can be MVP as well. That's one of the two. Honest. That that would that it, I was debating between Josh Allen and Justin Herbert for MVP. Just because the amount of prime time, the amount of story, the amount of everything that's going on. My defensive player of the year is actually staying on the same team as Justin Herbert in Joey Bosa. If Khalil Mack can be great, like he was in Chicago for the first season, the first two seasons, I don't see how it's not possible. You got pressure coming from both sides. You got a secondary that's getting better. You got a linebacking core that's decent. The defense is almost set, and you got the defensive. The head coach is defensive oriented, so I think that Joey Bosa will be win defensive player of the year. I really believe that. For my offensive rookie of the year, though, I'm gonna stick with. A place that is farther away from me in New Orleans, and it's gonna be Chris Olave. 
I do want to give an honorable mention to to George Pickens out of Georgia just because of the fact that I feel like he's going to make a big contribution because Pittsburgh always has a receiver that blows up. Last year, it, um, it was Deontay, and the year before that was Claypool. But I do, am I going with Chris Olave just because I think that, like I said, uh, Jameis won't, I hope Jameis doesn't throw the ball often downfield, but when he does, I feel like they hit Chris Olave with Chris Olave's speed. So I think that that's a great offensive player of the year because receivers do win that award after all. You might not think that, but it did. Look at Jamarcus Chase. Um, my defensive rookie of the year, I want to give an honorable mention to two players in Sauce Gardner and George Karloftis out of Kansas City. Unfortunately, it's not set up for them because, like I said, cornerback secondary positions don't win these kind of awards as rookies. So Karloftis, I just think... It's more possible, actually, because he does play linebacker, defensive end. But I think my, my, my defensive rookie there is Aiden Hutchinson just because of the fact that he's unbelievable. What I did see of Detroit football, hard knocks, all that. He's the guy. He has hard knocks to almost back him up, to set him apart. So all the eyes will be on Aiden Hutchinson. And the fact that he was the second pick, not the first pick. So he has it out for Jacksonville to say, you screwed up. And Detroit loves him. Like, he's he is Detroit football. He is Michigan. Like that's him. My comeback player of the year, though, Jameis Winston. The injury. I honestly think if the injury did not happen, the Saints were so close to making the playoffs this past season. They could have made. They're gonna make the playoffs this season, and that just adds into the comeback player of the year. MVP are the same thing in the sense of storyline. And Jameis has a storyline. No Sean Payton. If he can do great things, that's set up. It's just set up. My coach of the year. So coach of the year can either go two ways, I feel. Because that's what I've seen. It's either that you took a team from the worst to the first. Or it's that you took so many damn injuries that you still persevered. That's what Frank, uh, Frank Mike Vrabel did this past season. And that's what Kyle Shanahan did going to the Super Bowl being from first fourth like last to first so but my my guy is Kevin O'Connell I think Minnesota is gonna be so good this season I think that they have a shot at winning the division I think that the offense will win so smoothly and I just think that that team will be drastically different and that's why I am taking the Kevin O'Connell to win coach of the year now another segment I am going to be doing and I will be following these teams throughout the season is my not bandwagon but i'm jumping on the early wagon the early train leaving the station because i feel that these teams are show are getting hyped but they're not at the hype yet when they actually are playing well and really well and the fact that now everybody's like playoff team playoff team playoff team division winner division winner it's a possibility they could make the super bowl these are my teams i took three teams from each division and i'll be talking about them periodically throughout the season obviously if they're doing well, if they're not doing well, I'm going to say what my thoughts are. My AFC teams, two from the South and one from the West. The Chargers, like I said, I think that a lot of teams are jumping on them now. And I'm jumping on now because I don't want to be a team person that in regular season and they're doing so well. So the Chargers, the Colts, like I said, well-rounded team, just so good. I'm 
hopping on. They're not getting the hype. I don't know if it's just because they don't get the media coverage or what it is. Or it's like, like I said, with Matt Ryan, he's just going to work every Sunday and he'll do his thing and that's it. No one talks about him. He's just that good. And then my last team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They, they, they are the team out of these three that I could see going downhill. But if they do great things, I, I called it early. I called it early. We, the day of football, Thursday morning, I said that. The next, my NFC teams, this is, I'm jumping on this team now. They have gotten the hype since the draft. The Philadelphia Eagles, like I said, Hurts just makes me want to run through a wall for him. And the team is just set. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We know what it is. It's Jalen Hurts. The Vikings, I said, Kevin O'Connell. Everything is set up for them. And I just think they're going to be great. The Saints, I don't want to keep going on about it. I don't want to keep repeating myself. I think the Saints are so legit this season. Now, that is my... You know what? Let's just call it bandwagon because I, haven't had a, I, haven't, I don't have an actual name for this segment. That segment. My Super Bowl winners, though. Okay, people, let's talk. This team I took winning the going to the Super Bowl last season, and that didn't work out because of 16 seconds of madness in Kansas City. And it's the Buffalo Bills. The AFC will be run. Run. The Super Bowl will... AFC will head through Buffalo. It will be an AFC championship game, which negative degree, or from you guys in the States, Fahrenheit, which will be a very cold, cold game. The Bills will be on one side, and on the other side, this team is so interesting, because if the receivers actually work, whatever happens, it's just going to be the fact that Aaron Rodgers can do anything. The next team will be the Green Bay Packers. Honestly, out of the two, I rather I, I feel more confident in the Buffalo Bills. But the Packers, I just think their defense is so good. And I think that it, it it's really possible for them to do it. I think Brady has a little more object of um, roadblocks in his way to go back. I think the Rams, no, it's so hard to repeat. And I just don't know if they can do it. But obviously those two teams are my next two picks. But I think the Packers are there. Now who's going to win it? One one player, one quarterback has never won against Patrick Mahomes in a big game. The other one needs another Super Bowl to predict, to submit his legacy. I'm picking the young kid. I'm picking Josh Allen. I'm picking the Buffalo Bills to win their first ever Super Bowl. And I think that it's the perfect time. If they can just protect him, if they can get the offensive line even better, even mediocre, there's nothing holding them back. The Chiefs aren't the same. The Bengals, I don't know what they can do. Chargers, as much as I love them, I don't know. The Bills have everything you want. I'm just taking the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl. So that's my Super Bowl prediction. The Buffalo Bills and the Green Bay Packers to have a February showdown, and we'll see who wins. But I'm taking my Buffalo, not my Buffalo Bills. But the Buffalo Bills. Now the last thing I want to talk to you guys about is week one. And I have this uh, segment called TMT. Take my team. My team. Noah Trenton. 
I'm predicting that every lock of the week, there's one game I will be highlighting that I think you gamblers should be betting on because I think that this is a lock. My take my team is another team, the team that I've been talking about pretty much all episode is the New Orleans Saints. The Saints versus the Falcons in week one. Honestly, the Saints have so many weapons. You got Jarvis, you got Olave, you got Michael Thomas coming back. You have so much of Alvin Kamara in the backfield. How is how is Atlanta gonna stop it all? I don't think they can. They'll take away one person with AJ Terrell, which will probably be Michael Thomas, because they don't want him to be he is the wide receiver one in the sense. I know it might be Chris Olave just because of the downfield ability. Um, but I just think that whoever AJ Terrell covers that will have a quiet day, but everybody else will be monsters. Hayward is great from Vegas, but I just don't think he can last with Olave, whoever he takes. He'll take one of the two, Olave or Michael Thomas. So, worst case, if Jameis is having an off day, if he throws an interception, if he throws a second interception, you hand it off to Kamara, you throw it screens. The defense for the Falcons is not great. They're not a strong suit. There's not much to look at in great, decent thing. Honestly, though, four seconds is the average time to cover receiver downfield. A lot of it will be gone. But for the Falcons, if there is much to look forward to, it's Kyle Pitts, and it's what to see if Drake Lennon is actually legit. I think that even with Cordell Patterson being Cordell Patterson and doing so much with his, with his versatility, the Saints have the best run defense from last season, and most of it's coming back. The only thing is more experience and the honey badger. I, I just think it's impossible for the Saints to win. I really do. So that's it for today's episode. I want to say thank you so much. I hope you liked this episode. I hope you tune in next week where we'll be talking about week one takeaways, uh, whatever else is trending in sports, and maybe it'll be my first guest on. We'll see what happens. But if you guys do want to hit me up on anything, my Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok are at the bottom. And subscribe, follow, and I'll see you guys next week. Peace.